0: The
1: real bad news cast. Look at yourself, boy! Ha! Girl! Yes, girl! Mama's little girl! How'd you kill your mother? Slowly. this be the end of Norman Bates? Oh, I've killed before. And now I'm going to have to do it again. Or is it only the beginning? Psycho 4, the beginning.
0: Last time, in chronological release order. So, uh, let's, uh, let's get to audiences. Okay, so, audiences in the 80s. So, they saw Psycho 2. They loved it got great reviews made money They went sell psycho three that split the fan base and make as much money bomb then universal was like let's try a TV series they did a base motel Wow um, yeah yikes so so man f- fans at that time you know for for because it was released in 87 so for a couple of years that was it. Base Motel would be the last thing they would get. That would be the closure for the series for a while. Just think about that for a moment. <laughs> so, luckily, they were able to book in the series th- um, thanks to Showtime. and They did Psycho 4, The Beginning, which came out in 1990. This would be the final performance of Norman Bates by Anthony Perkins. Is Sadly, he dying of AIDS and two years later would no longer be here um, but I gotta say Anthony Perkins was in his late 50s and stuff man looked good for his age so psycho 4 is another proper another sequel that sort of decan it sort of um, decanonizes psycho two and three so it just takes place you know after psycho one Um,
2: I think in many instances, uh you're gonna have if you want a, if you wanted a psycho sequel, you had to decanonize Psycho three at the very least. Because if you didn't, it really wouldn't make a lot of sense unless it's literally a Norman in prison movie which they never made.
0: Ooh, I'm glad you brought that up. I was actually gonna bring up uh the original pitch for Psycho Four. Um so yeah, Anthony Perkins and the screenwriter of uh, Psycho Three um did pitch an idea for psycho four that would have been um norman's house and motel would have got turned into a tourist attraction for horror weekends and norman escapes uh, the the with a mute patient and the uh the actor who was to play norman Bates for the horror weekend quits and Norman would have replaced that role basically he would have played himself would have that been a sounds
2: bl- like the, that sounds almost as bad as the uh 1987 Bates Motel. I oh. mean, that sounds really dumb.
0: It would have been a black comedy.
2: I know, but it's like, yeah, how far Psycho would have fallen had that been the thing? <laughs> now, one of the things to keep in mind, the 1990s, you ever feel like the 1990s was like the, well, I guess it really was, but it was in many respects the media capstone of literally the 20th century. I mean, that's when we saw the end of the Psycho franchise as we knew it, you know? The last time with Anthony Perkins, the last time uh, with, with a proper psycho, anything.
0: Right. So, the plot synopsis of this is Norman Bates uh, calls into a radio program, basically says that he's going to uh, kill again. And uh, the talk show, the topic of the talk show is um, like murder, uh, people who kill their mothers, so that, so then we're able to have Norm Bates recall his childhood, and we're able to basically get a prequel and learn about Mother and how Norman, well, became Norman. So I'll give my brief little, uh, spoiler-free recommendation thingy. (laughs) Um, I would say definitely definitely check this out. I think uh, this was really well put together um, for being made for cable uh, showtime. Now, I have heard that this did get a limited theatrical release because I know when they released on DVD, it was in widescreen, and usually made-for-cable movies don't get that treatment, but I've also heard that they just cropped the top and the bottom, so I don't know which exactly is true. I couldn't really find evidence on either one but anyways um so i think uh i think perkins does great i think uh, henry thomas's young norm Bates is a good job um olivia hussey is the uh, Norma Bates, does a fantastic job the radio dj uh, cch pounder is an excellent actress and she helps this movie i think i think the cast is great uh it's a great prequel um yeah, it's a great bookend. You know, is it the most perfect film? No, no, it's not. It, it has a few little problems, but overall, it was a it was a joy to watch. And if you've watched Psycho two and three, you should check it out. Um, you know, and and it's it's more prequel than a modern than a modern sequel. So so the fact that it maybe ignores two and three isn't that big of a deal. Um, so, yeah, I say see it. Lots.
2: Well, this is an interesting uh, film all around for a variety of reasons. It is indeed a prequel, but it serves as a legitimate sequel. But as Raid said, it's more prequel than sequel. It, meaning that it focuses more on Norman Bates's past versus his present. But his present does actually have a great... Uh, does actually have an impact, which I thought was quite good. There was actually a good final ending to the actual series. Now, it doesn't necessarily feel like a made-for-TV movie. I actually have to say that I prefer this to Psycho III in many respects. I think it's one of those sequels that I, I don't really mind that it ignores Psycho II as well. <clears throat> it feels like it actually wraps it up. Because one of the biggest problems with the Psycho sequels is, like, yeah, Norman it eventually beggars belief that Norman isn't, you know, just straight up, like, shot at some point, okay? It's like, you're just going to keep letting him go and let him stab people again, because that makes perfect sense. Here it's like, you know, it makes sense. Uh, the overall way it's shot, paced, and everything like that, it does feel like it's uh, of theatrical quality. Uh, the acting is, of course... Quite good as well. For those of you who have seen the uh, Bates Motel series, this version of Young Mother is very different from the uh, Norma Bates character in that show. For one, she's a brunette, if I'm not mistaken. For another, she acts a little more, well, a lot more evil. Whereas Norma in the uh, Bates Motel show was uh, more just kind of a kind of an idiot, kind of a uh, thick-headed type of person. So. Do I recommend it? Absolutely. Uh, you would think that by number four, Psycho would be running on fumes, but, you know, while Bates Motel 1987 was a particularly terrible TV film, that's because uh, you had producers basically snorting whole snowdrifts of coke, whereas in this film, well, the 80s were over, and uh, they they came down off of their uh, cocaine eyes. Uh, so yes, definitely check it out. Yeah, I
3: got to say the same thing with you guys. Um, it's definitely, I agree. Watch this movie. Um, personally, I think that they did the, the the best possible way that they could have done it all too. Um, listeners who heard uh, Psycho Three, where I, you know, I, I said this is so hectic. You think I'm just like scrambling to remember plot points? No, that's how hectic the movie is. This is actually a return to the original format where, I mean, let's face it, Psycho is more of a cerebral horror than it is, like, physical or visceral in any way, shape, and form. This is something where it's slow, it's methodical, it's build-up. You have to think about things. They have to solve things. They have to get to the bottom of things. And, yeah, it's like you would think that by the time they've reached number four, uh, where are we going to go from here? They did it fantastically. And, yeah, you know, you can... It, it, it's a shame because Psycho 2 was actually really, really good that you have to ignore that it happened. But it seems like every single one of these fucking movies, it's, yeah, forget about the last one. You know, that one didn't happen. And I mean, it's, it's kind of cool that we live in an age where we can do that now, where if a sequel was so terrible, it's just like, oh, that was a fucking dream. It didn't happen. This, this on the other hand, um, they, they, they did. They took it a, a very logical step. And I love the back and forth. The back and forth was absolutely perfect where, um, you know, Norman is calling up the radio station and he's describing his story. And then that snobby-ass fucking doctor, you know, was just getting put in his place left and right. And, and then it took him a minute to realize that it's Norman. And then, you know, the radio DJ, she was fantastic. I, I mean, she was really the star of this movie alongside Anthony Perkins. As far as the flashbacks go... Um, when you jump around in time frames in a movie, you're almost, like, assuredly going to have, like, a lot of clusterfuckery, and you're going to have a lot of moments where it's like, okay, where am I now type of thing, you know? And there's only two movies that I can think of that actually did it right, where they go back and forth between past and future, past and future, past and future. The first one that I can think of is obviously The Godfather Part Two, and this one. It did it, it, did it really well. Uh, as far as going back to the past, um, the, the kid that they got to play, Norman Bates, did a fantastic job. And the mother, yeah, she was in Cat People. Uh, that's the only thing that I really notably remember her for. Well, the kid is an E.T. You know, that's the only thing that I really remember her from. But all in all, it's um, the one thing that I really felt that they could have done without, though, is that they really tried to drive home the, the incest stuff. And I wasn't a big fan of that because you're kind of giving the audience too much. I mean, it, it, it would be one thing if it was implied but not acted upon. This, on the other hand, it was kind of in your face up to the point where it was like I was fucking uncomfortable. Like the part where, oh, Norman, come and rub ice on me. You, you're just sitting there. You're like, what the fuck? Yeah, you, you know and then, oh, let's roll around each other. Oh, this is terrible. No wire hangers. You, you know, it, 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 they didn't have to do it to make to get the point across, but they felt that they had to. I have no idea why they felt they had to, because, I mean, shit, it was right there. And anybody could have been like, yeah, those two are fucking bum and uglies. Uh, or, or people, no, you're not. They, they, they could have left that more up to the audience's perception. It's it, it just that stuff genuinely made me feel, like, uncomfortable. Like, I, like nowadays, like, I watch it, I skip through it, and it's not because it's boring, it's just because it's fucking creepy. Gross. You know, but as far as the ending of the movie goes, they wrapped it up fantastically. I, I, I loved it, and it the, the, even the build, it was, you know, well, I'm going to kill my wife and my cursed bloodline type of thing. And then she manages to talk him out of it. You really get that sense that Norman's conquered his demons. And it's... At this point, Norman is such a sympathetic character that he finally gets a happy ending. And I mean, Christ, he's, what, fucking 40, 50 years old at this point? So, all all the shit that he's been through, it's it's about time that he had, like, a minute chance to be happy. So, yeah, go see it. I recommend it. All right, uh... I guess now we'll go into spoilers.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Actually, before we go into spoilers, I should I should point out that uh, the writer of the uh, first Psycho uh, came back and wrote this one. Yeah. Robert Block. Uh, well, Robert uh, Bloch is the novel. Uh, Joseph uh, Stefano is the writer of Psycho and Psycho Four.
3: Oh, the film writer. I thought you were talking about the book writer.
0: Right, film writer. All right, it's,
3: let's
0: also, hear it. it's also from uh, Mick Garris, who's done other movie like Pierce 4 and stuff, and Sleepwalkers, and yada yaddy, <laughs> Um, So the film opens up uh, with a, a radio program on basically, uh, you know, people who kill their mothers, and we're introduced to uh, this one character describing his situation.
3: <coughs> and uh, The movie starts off with a guy describing what it was like to kill his mother. And then right. it's like, they, they, they kind of allude that it was Norman, but it was like a like a slobby version of Norman talking about it. And then it's like, yeah, that kind of sounds like what happened um, over in Fairville. Remember yeah, but, that, but I no, think? I was just
0: asking... Um, Was it his father he was living with or his father-in-law? Because I know uh, the guy was like...
3: It's pretty irrelevant, really. It's just some uh, asshole calling in. Because I
0: just remember him mentioning, like, I don't blame him for killing her. She was a real bitch.
3: Yeah, she was a bitch. Uh,
0: What was that character's name? Who? The, uh, The killer guy at the beginning.
3: The, the guy in the beginning? Yeah. Um. <laughs> I don't know if they even said it. They never really said it. It was just some. It was just some random asshole.
0: Yeah. That was actually.
3: You know? then, yeah. That was actually.
0: Whole,
3: uh, yeah. Because the whole point of it. The episode was. Ta- like Fran. The the DJ. was talking about matricide. Right. And then they had Dr. Richmond in there. Who was Norman's psychologist. Mm-hmm. I mean, the one thing that you could touch upon is the fact that Norman called up, and he was using the alias Ed. Did right. You know, it meant Ed Dean. Right. I mean, I thought that was pretty badass.
0: Yeah, you were saying like those moments were disturbing, and I was like, I was gonna say like, yeah, that's the point. That's I think part of what makes this no, movie.
3: You, you, no, they really, they really shove that in your face, like hardcore.
0: I know it's disturbing.
3: Like, you were expecting some fucking Skinamax shit to start on that. Like, like just the way they dragged on it. Because that's what it was. It, It was like, it wasn't even like a fucking, oh! It was like, oh! Because it was just like, and the thing is, you don't even, like, gasp once. Because by the time you're done gasping, like, it's still going on. And you have to, like, cry a couple of times before it's over. Because it's that fucking disturbing. It's just they hung on that shit for so long that you're just like, what the fuck am I watching here?
0: Well, there's a scene where he like pops a bone and leaves and then the tickling yeah, thing.
3: And then she throws him in the closet and says, yeah. get your thing off and all this. Jesus Christ. It, it was just, it was so unnecessary. They could have just shown how domineering she was and how she fucking ran his life and shit and how she controlled him and shit. It, it, it's just all that incestual shit it was like, not only is it like a fucking disturbing enough topic, and you know, when you watch the Amityville Horror 2 and they have that incest thing, you can look at that shit and be like, alright, that's fucking disgusting and it's also fucking hilarious because they're so stupid. Wow. Acting I... sucks and it, it's like like in Amityville Horror 2, you know, he comes in, I'm gonna be the, mo- you're gonna be the model. and I'm gonna be the photographer. Wait a second. Clothes off. I just realized what?
0: something. Mike Gareth directed Psycho 4 and he also directed
3: Sleepwalkers
0: which yeah. is about a, uh, a son, mother, incest, cat, creature things. And there's yeah, plenty I of...
3: know, it was the same mother, too.
0: Yeah, and there's plenty of make-out scenes and uh, bumping ugly scenes in that movie.
3: Yeah, I can't fucking deal no,
0: with that, that's, uh, that's the- No, that's the actress that played the boar Queen. That's a different actress.
3: I thought it was the same fucking person. She looked inside of... But, I know, I know.
0: They they look similar, well, but it's someone else. I
3: completely forgot what the fuck I was saying.
0: You're talking about the God. incest of uh, Annieville Horror 2.
3: <laughs> oh yeah, the fucking Amityville Horror 2. He's like, he's like, take your shirt off. You're the most beautiful girl in the world. And then he sits down and gives her her panties. He's just like, these are my panties. And he's like, I took the laundry. You know, it's like fucking, what? <laughs> uh, but meanwhile, it's like this, where it's like, ugh. Put ice on me, Norman. <laughs> I love your Norma voice. That's great. Ice, ice,
2: baby. <laughs> you hum, hum, hum.
0: Get back here. Put ice on me, Norman. <sighs> uh, spilling mother's lily water for the fuck it was called. Get the fuck.
3: Yeah, I'm going to make my special iced tea.
0: Yeah, that was Elliot from E.T. Yeah,
3: fuck my Norman life.
0: home. He did a great job. But I think Perkins definitely gave him some good pointers.
3: Yeah, no, seriously, the, the the kid that played Norman did a fantastic job. He he reminded me a lot of Anthony Perkins, and Anthony Perkins, of course, did a bang up job. And then Fran the DJ, she was wonderful in her role as well. This, this is a good movie. It really was, and I don't have a whole lot of complaints to make about it. It's just, goddamn,
0: <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> Uh, oh,
0: right. it's definitely oh, right. I'd say out of the sequels Psycho 4 definitely is the creepiest compared to 2 and 3 yeah
3: or cause th- I mean Al Pacino would be sitting in the movie theater watching this going yo yo you're fucked up
0: see you say the incest stuff is bad when it is but to me it's the, the death scene is the oh. one that just sends shivers out my spines
3: oh uh, uh. all over the fucking place by the end of this movie like, you never had a chance to get to know Norma in any of the movies to establish, like, the, o- the only person that feels anything for, for Norma is Norman. Mm. And watching this movie, you actually get to see Norma in action. And, you know, in in the, the, the Bates Motel AMC series, Norma's a fucking dumb hoe. Hey! Pretty, she is. She's a dumb hoe. And, and she, Stupid shit that she does, and all the trouble that she got people in throughout that whole fucking series. But you know what? That is AMC TV series, yet? Someone's always going to fucking bang around and cause trouble, and we'll get into that when we do that fucking series. But this Norma, there is no way in hell that you could ever fucking feel bad for her. There's zero. No sympathy whatsoever for this fucking woman. None. Like like hmm. you, you when she died, you're Actually, like good. Yeah. I don't know. The death scene I just
0: found it just I don't know. I know.
3: Like, it was disturbing because yeah. of the way that it was acted out, but again, the the, the, the the stepfather was a piece of shit and the mother was a horrible whore. Horrible. They're just misunderstood.
0: <laughs> Aren't we
3: all just
2: a little mad?
0: I should have yeah. killed you in my womb!
2: Ugh.
3: You bad boy! Get <laughs> out of here, you fucking... Ugh.
0: She should have won See, it really sucks that some of these actors actually don't get nominated for horror, because uh, I think uh, Olivia should have been nominated more than much.
3: Perkins, this was when his age was in full swing, too, so right. he did really good going along with, them, uh, with what he did. Uh... Yeah, that was it. Chet was Chet was the the stepfather's name, and then like Norma would like actually kind of push him to beat the shit out of Norman, right? You know, and and, and then they started doing the whole thing, and a- a- after that, a- after she was finally dead because she was such a rotten human being, you know, this is when like Doctor Richmond like finally realizes who Ed is and. Tries to get him to trace the call because he said he was going to kill his wife, and Doctor Richmond, he was another scumbag. You know, right. it's not like he was in it. Th- that, that, that's the other thing too, is because in psycho too, the, <coughs> the like you, act- he he played his part so well, and the character was actually decent. You got the impression that this was a doctor who really wanted to help Norman. Right. And you can tell that this guy was no fucking Doctor Loomis. You know, th- th- this guy was just in it because. Oh, I'm gonna sell my next book off this asshole. I liked you know,
0: that he's... it was the original doctor. That was a cool touch.
3: It was. It really was.
0: Like uh, just... like it being the the detective in the first extras movie played by a different actor, but he re- uh, he's in the third movie too, and they do. A, but it's cool when sequels can do connective tissue like that. Make yeah, it. Yeah, there,
3: there, 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 wasn't any limbs to connect shit to, though. you know. So after that horrible woman is fucking dead, that monster.
0: You know, that's when Norman obviously starts to to crack, and he decides he can't live without his mother. So then he essentially steals her from the funeral home, which that part of the movie was a little weird. I don't know, like, I just don't know. It just seems a little far-fetched of how he's able to just kind of go in there and, like, grab her. You think he have to, like, I don't know, grave robber or something, but whatever. yeah.
2: I'd actually say that Bates Motel did it made <clears throat> me tell that it's slightly better but still no one noticed that somebody got dug up.
3: Yeah, he just put books in there, I think. <clears throat> yeah, I kind of feel that. I I feel the same way, but at the same time it makes perfect sense because I mean, yeah, the, it it does follow the original plot line where it mm-hmm. says that oh yeah, he waited the coffin down. But he walked in it was an open casket and then like I I don't know, wouldn't any, like, maybe it was a small town, and they didn't give a shit, but it's just, (laughs) like, it would have been, like, a little bit odd to me if I was a mortician. It was like, didn't I leave that open, you know? (laughs) True, true. It's one of those things
0: where I think the movie was made well enough where I I can look past it, but it was still, like, the writer was, I don't know,
3: well, Whatever. you know, the, the, the best way that I can truly sum up this movie personally is that this was a good movie that could have been a great movie. And the reason why I say that is because it was very true to the original plot line of how Psycho was supposed to play out. And granted, it you know it, it, it totally wiped out two and three. They never happened, apparently, which is fine. It, it can go either way. Right. And, there wasn't any real plot holes that I could notice as, as far as the, you know, the, the consistencies could go. But I still
0: it, think just, uh, it was great, though. I mean,
3: well, the, the thing that kept it from being great for me was the fact that they it's just that they kept fucking ramming the incest angle down your throat throughout the whole movie. Right. It's just it got uncomfortable <laughs> for me. And it's like, I understand the notion that Norman was totally devoted to his mother, and then, you know, he had to kill her and all this shit, but it's just they kept pushing it. And then not only were they constantly pushing it, but it just it, it, it hung on it forever. It's like not enough that, <sighs> excuse me. The, the, the best scene that, that drives this point home was that fucking summertime scene where it starts off with her, oh, my mother was sweating like a wilted flower and all this shit, or, or, or whatever. I know I got the line wrong. You know, but it's, oh, Norman, come in here and pour vanilla all over me. And it, 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 you know, you're watching that, and you're like, what? And then, it, to make matters worse, he goes in, and he starts dripping the vanilla on, and then she, oh, Norman, that feels so good. And it, What? You know, and then, yeah, I know. It, Look, it's like, I'm just saying, man. Whether you want to laugh or recoil in revolt,
0: can you? And then, can we just get you it, some it, time to narrate the entire film for us? Because that would be amazing. Moment <laughs> <laughs> Yes, yes.
2: Oh my god. In front of the tunnel. Anyway, let's move on. She's you? dripping
3: the vanilla extract shit all over her, and then. She rolls over, and and, and then he starts fucking feeling up her feet. So now we got incest and foot fetishes.
2: Now are we sure that's vanilla? And and then the shit gets
3: knocked over. And then, oh, you naughty boy, you spilled the vanilla extract all over. And then she gets (laughs) fucking tackles him and tickles him and shit and climbs on top of him. What mother does this? And not only is she, like, climbing on top of him, oh, you naughty, naughty boy, then, then they start rolling all over the floor on top of each other. <coughs> what the fuck? And then not only are they rolling on top, then he's on top. And then she's smiling at him. And then he's smiling at her. And then she's smiling at him. And then he smiles back at her and starts breathing heavy. And then her face makes the same face that I fucking made throughout this entire scene. Oh, you naughty, wicked boy. And then she fucking grabs him. And starts smearing fucking makeup all over him, you filthy whore! And then throws a dress on him, and Mm -hmm. then throws him into the closet. You're gonna go wee wee in that bucket. You're going to drink the water from the bucket, and then you have to go wee wee. And then you're going to forget that you have that naughty thing. And then you're going to squat. And and then look at you, girl. That's all you are. No mother, no. No mother, no. Yeah. And then she called him her name, Norma. Yeah, and then throws him in the closet. Like, let me out of the fucking closet! Don't talk to me until you've forgotten that you have a dick. Oh,
0: <laughs>
3: uh, yeah. that right there—it just sums it up. It's like, motherfucker, we get it, motherfucker. Why did we have? Why did we have oh god, that was no pun intended. <laughs> <laughs> why did this have to go on for ten fucking minutes? Yeah, ten you know, fucking minutes of this. Well, I can definitely same
0: director, sleepwalkers, like I said before.
2: you got to remember, though, this was also uh, made for the Showtime Network, and I think they were trying <laughs> to show...
0: This is Showtime. Oh, we want this movie to be more titillating, but it's about yeah, exactly. a mother and son. Make it work.
2: Well, no, what I don't necessarily mean that, but I know you're joking, about. the thing is, I think they were trying to show, it's like, we're going to be edgy. We are the real cable network. You wouldn't get this on HBO, now, would you?
3: I don't give a frog's fat ass who fucking made this. That was so fucking unnecessary. I mean, we got it already, because the only people that would see this fucking movie are people that are fans of the franchise. It's not like a fucking guy is gonna, like, bring a girl home and be like, oh, damn, <laughs> I'm really gonna get her good. I'm gonna put on Psycho 4, you know? <laughs> <laughs> fucking fans would be watching this, so they already get the goddamn idea. And, you know, the thing is... Like, this is a perfect example of how things are so much more better when things are implied. I mean, you could have just been like, oh, I'm hot, pull the wax on me, you know? (laughs) Or, or, you know, I'm I'm waiting for it, puts the vanilla extract in the bucket, or else it gets the hose again.
0: I I would say, I would say, like, oh, well, then maybe watch this on TV. But you see, I saw this on, like, USA. Like I said, it was, like, the first cycle we actually watched. And they didn't really cut out much of that. So.
3: That's even worse. You can't have that throat getting cut, but holy shit, will we put implied into that? <laughs> yeah.
2: I don't know uh, if it's implied now, but.
3: So
0: moving on the plot. <laughs>
3: but it, it, it's just that's to me, that's the only thing that kept this movie from being a great movie. Because everything else about it, the pacing was fantastic. Norman Bates, uh, uh, not Norman Bates, but Anthony Perkins, and that's a sad thing about Anthony Perkins. Most people know him as Norman Bates, and that's it. Fuck the rest of it. He was phenomenal, even though he was sick.
0: We also review fan edits here, so maybe somebody, maybe we can get somebody to make a fan edit psycho for the uh, non heavily implied incest version.
3: Yeah, Agent Sam, if you're listening in, get to work on this shit. Just cut the incest out, and you'll have a fucking Oscar worthy movie right there. But, um, you know, Norman Bates was, was wonderful in his role, despite the fact that he was sick. And when the mother wasn't acting, like creepier than usual, she was kind of passable, and that guy that she shacked up with was like one of the worst scumbags in cinema. And, hey, but I, he was I just trying to
0: teach plot. Norman how to box, that's all.
3: <clears throat> oh god, when he kept beating the shit out of him. that's. It. But I love the plot line between him calling up the radio station mm-hmm. and, I mean, the psychiatrist was so fucking stupid. He's like, I've been putting two and two together, and I've figured out that that Ed is Norman. Bates, because I treated him. Well, there's no fucking arithmetic to this dickhead. It's fucking... You would know the idea of it. It, it was just... That, that right. to me, was really, really good.
0: So, about after um, Norman make... Uh, you know, gets his dead mother and stuff, sir. We go back to the present, right? Because unless I'm missing something, we're wrapping up to the end where he says that he's going to kill his wife
3: essentially what's going on here is is just that it's switching back and forth showing how norman got fucked up and then they're juggling with the aspect of norman wanting to kill his wife because she lied about being on the pill because he did not want to have kids whatsoever Mm -hmm. now an important plot point here is that she was a nurse at the mental institute and she fell in love with norman and the whole you know thing was is that she you know she fell in love with norman knew that there was a good person inside of him. And he did not want to have kids. He wanted the fucking Bates bloodline to end with him and that be the end of it. Right. And all this happened on his birthday and he found out like behind her back that she was not taking pills behind his back and that she got pregnant. So he, that, that's why he wanted to kill her. And now the radio host, it's like she's halfway trying to keep him on the air to save his wife. And also, she's trying to keep him on the air because um, they basically kind of set Norman off going into all these details and having the show go on. So, and I mean, they even struck on that, too, where Norman was like, well, if I hang up the phone, that's the end of your show.
0: Right. Which was a haunting scene. Very. It's all sad, too, because she doesn't really get an update, you know, from then on out.
3: Yeah, as soon as they stop with that shit, that was like, that was literally the end of the Fran show.
0: Yeah. Um, and then uh, that's when he hangs up and he uh, basically tells her to uh, tells Connie, his uh, wife, to meet him at the house.
3: At the old house.
0: Yep. In which Norman is, you know, going to kill her, but pretty what much. You
3: think of those flashbacks?
0: The flashbacks uh, when the house is burning down? Yep. I personally thought they were a little cheesy, but at the same time, the idea was right of having him face his past. I also think there was a missed opportunity. They should have had a, <clears throat> a Janet Lee lookalike maybe show up or something. I mean, they've been referencing the shower scene in all the fucking sequels. <laughs> I know they did at the beginning and the, the blood going in the sink, but I mean, they they, they had opportunity to have... Either Janet Lee or look-alike appear, but they didn't.
3: Oh. Well, can we delve into the stupid ass fucking women that Norman killed in the flashbacks?
0: Uh, you mean that the first woman that was like a copy of uh, P.J. Soul's character in uh,
3: Halloween? Um, she wasn't even a copy of P.J. Soul's character. She was like fucking a horror version of Peggy Sue, you know, like. <laughs> I just remember her wearing a shirt that looks like the shit that you put in a fucking picnic basket, and she had the pigtails. And then it, like, the dialogue was just kind of draggy, you know? It, it just... Oh, well, let's sleep together. He's like, oh, I don't really know about that. Well, let's sleep together. It's like all these women are foisting themselves on this poor bastard.
0: I know. Nolan Bates is like a total ladies man.
3: It's... He's actually trying to show some fucking class, you know? And I mean, it's like, Perfect
2: candidate for the
3: fucking Me Too movement.
2: What I find kind of funny though is like the whole idea of uh, Norman Bates being a ladies' man. man. He never acts it. He never does anything to do it. It's like women just were like throw themselves at him for some unreason. And it was even worse in Bates Motel, <laughs> where it's like really going go for that guy.
0: Is it really a stretch though? There's been several stories of women and, like, serial killers and stuff. As you well know, as some I, men.
2: Okay, I, I, can, I can accept that. However, in cinema, sometimes, you need to... Okay. Yeah, it can happen in real life, but in cinema, it just looks lazy. Let me put it that way. It's just like, and then he's a ladies' man, and they throw themselves at him. It's just like, eh, I'm not buying that. Just saying At least do something to make him look somewhat you know, desirable.
0: So, lots. You were saying to me uh, when we were talking about this film that you actually liked the uh, flashbacks at the end.
2: I found them to be of adequate quality. When I want to say, like, when I say like, you got to be careful. It's not like I love it beyond imagining. It's like it worked. Let's put I it knew that it.
3: Right. Well, one other thing that I wanted to add too is just like. Those women were, like, borderline insulting as to how stupid they were. Like like the, you know, Peggy Shue, you know, it was like, oh, my mother's upstairs. She's like, okay, let's go into the house and do it. But my mother's upstairs. She's tossing and turning. She was like, good, what better time to have sex than
2: tossing and turning? What? <laughs> I, I think whoever was writing that uh, needed to go then to – they were fucking drunk. Either that, or they really, really needed to... Well, that would
0: be a Joseph Stefano, who wrote World Psycho. The movie, not the book.
2: And yeah, he needs to head out to Las Vegas and get some, just saying. If
3: I remember correctly... You no, know what I do remember correctly, because I was appalled by how fucking dumb this girl was. He's carrying on about like his mother being like sick and violent and all this shit so she wants to sleep with him in the house never mind there's a fully functional motel right there <laughs> um then he disappears so she goes into the fucking house the first place that she goes is into the mother's bed you know mother Bates' bedroom and starts tickling her feet he start, she starts tickling the corpse's feet and then goes up and it's like Wait, I don't want. It's like I want to get caught.
0: Clearly, like, she didn't even graduate the second grade.
2: I think that, I think that's an insult to didn't all people pass who passed fucking kindergarten entrance <laughs> examination. Yeah.
3: And speaking of kindergarten, what a fucking cougar that second one.
0: Oh yeah. Like
3: fucking four times Norman's age, and they're like in the car and shit and then he
2: strangles her.
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure that was uh, that would be uh, probably illegal. I don't know how old Norman was, but still, you know.
2: And Bates Motel would uh, kind of have a character like that towards the end of season one. Oh, Bates Motel. Don't even get me started on that.
3: How the fuck do we go from a story inspired by Ed Gein to telling a story of a woman who moves into a house gets raped by the previous owner while being handcuffed to the kitchen table, and then they discover a sex ring, which is operated by the Russian mafia, who also has a fucking pot farm growing on the outskirts of the town, which happens to fund everything. What the fuck? I
2: thought
3: that was this is really be... crazy now.
2: Would you say it was really psycho? Bum, bum, bum. Ha
3: <laughs> <laughs> ha. <laughs> 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 no. Um, Oh, could you? But you see, it's stupid things like that that kept the movie from being a great movie to me. It's a good movie, not a great movie. If it didn't do this dumbass shit, it would have been great to me. Uh, When they do the flashback sequences, yeah, they're kind of cheesy, but I get the message about Norman overcoming his past. I found the the, the part in the basement, though, pretty touching, though, when he's sitting there. uh, He's pleading his case, and at this point... You almost kind of side with Norman because, I mean, that's pretty fucked up, you know, to do that behind someone's back. You know, like, yeah, I'll just stop taking my medication and, and, and force this child on him. Oh, and by the way, I'm not getting an abortion type of thing. You know, it's like, what choice did Norman really have? Because that, that to me is just a horrible thing to do to a person. Right. But he's sitting, his case, and then she's explaining, you know, your mother is dead. This is you. You know, and and it's like your mother fucked you up, but I love you, and our child will love you, and you love me, and this child is the both of us, you know. So it, it was, it was a very touching scene, in spite of itself.
0: And yeah, and scenes like that do you make up for the, the cornier stuff.
3: That's not corn, man. That's fucking maize.
0: <laughs> um, so then. Norman realizes that, you know, the only way he's ever going to get true closure is if... Well, we kind of got... Well, we kind of skipped past it, but we forgot to mention the fact that he lights the house on fire to get closure, and that's when he starts seeing visions of what happened previously in Psycho 4 and not Psycho 1. <laughs> but anyways <laughs> so then the the film kind of wraps the up. The last today.
3: thing I want to remark is uh, that the end with the rocking chair rocking again, yeah. fuck you. You know, <laughs> let it go. I like, like that. Yeah, I kind of <laughs> hear bum, 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 and then I'll sit here Wah, in the background. I, 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 I could deal with the baby crying, but to me, the rocking chair at the end, oh, could she be coming back? Come
0: on. Well, yeah, I mean, for uh, Bates Motel 87. <laughs> um, no, I'm just kidding. So, the rocking chair thing, I kind of agree with you on. Because it's the same thing at the end of Psycho 3, when he pulls out his mother's hand. I was just like, really? Like, can't we just have kind of, like at the end of Psycho 3, can we just have a happy ending where he's he'll be locked up, but he knows he's free? Have a happy ending in Psycho 4 where he's fully defeated his demons? I don't know.
3: Oh, yeah, when he pulls the hand out of his ass in the third one, that was just weird. And it, it, it's – I guess the best way that I could put it is that it's kind of like a reoccurring theme with this movie. And it's like I, – I, I know I'm beating a dead horse here, but it's, it's things like this that keep a – you know, like it's a good movie, but it could have been great. It didn't need this shit. It's just, it's it, to me, it's unnecessary. You didn't have to pull the hand out of the ass in the third one. And we didn't have to do the rocking chair. The movie stands on its own. The story is good. The acting is great. It, but it's just... Yeah. It, it's almost like a Family Guy joke, where you laugh at it the first two minutes, and then the joke is still going on for five minutes, and you're kind of like... Okay, can we move on now?
0: I think uh, I think the rocking chair was supposed to signify that even though he burned the place down, he would always have the memory. Like it's always kind of still there.
3: I felt the rocking chair signified, you know. Well, it even said, "Norman, I'm down here." Just let it
2: go. Well, I actually thought that's what was happening. Is that it was he was leaving that behind, you
3: know. Yeah, that, well, that's the whole thing, is he was supposed to leave it fucking behind, but then the second that it shows the rocking chair moving on its own, this is not the Amityville horror.
0: <laughs> Psycho 5, the ghost of Norma Bates.
2: I kind of I just accepted it as like maybe that was in his head. It was the last vestige of Norma crying. It was,
0: to it me. was just a zinger for the audience. Some little spooky thing to throw in before the credits, you know.
2: I'm trying to be art college, (laughs) goddammit.
3: But you see, the thing is, is like, the notion of Norman leaving everything behind was the door closing. We're closing the door on this. We're closing the door on Norman's past. That's what they meant by closing the fucking cellar door, so literally. But having the rocking chair move on its own, it's just... To me, it was one of those... It, 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 it's a typical fucking thing that they do at the end of, like, so many horror movies that it's like, oh, oh does this mean that there could be a sequel? Does this mean it's going to be coming back? It's like the end of Christine when you see, like, the metal move a little bit after they've turned the car into the cube.
0: I like that or, ending.
3: <laughs> or, or, but what I mean is, it's just... It, it's trying to make the audience fucking you know, well it it, it doesn't mean anything. It, it's just it means it's the end of the movie,
0: right? You know, yeah, it's, it's
3: just to make a sequel. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like yep, we dropped a little hint that we could we could you know we left the door open. Psycho, baby. The door. <sighs> it, it, yeah, why not? Well, yeah, make Psycho Five. Have it be Norman's daughter or some nonsense.
0: Psycho Five, baby's day
2: out. Well, you know, Psycho I have... Five yikes.
0: <laughs> Psycho 5, look who's talking.
2: I actually kind of like the idea, and this will probably cause both of you a great deal of ire, but I'm going to say it anyway. It's, what uh, if? Bates I, 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 I
3: hate when movies do things like that, where they try to leave shit open like that. Guys
0: 3 has a worse ending than Psycho 4, though.
3: I think all of it's just unnecessary. And, and I mean, yeah. It's just, it, it, it sums up so many fucking, so many movies can be summed up this way. It's just, it's unnecessary. And I mean, that, that that's kind of like, that to me is a thing that haunts psycho Four. it. Just, it's just, there's a lot of things that were so unnecessary. It's just lay it out there. Don't drag it on. Don't keep it going. But yeah.
0: But reason- I've seen base motel 87. And the, so all I can do is pray psycho Four. I know it was made because you, e- Especially that was made for cable. I just look at it uh, on how good it is more than the negatives. It could have been so much worse.
3: Uh, uh, Don't even get me started on Bates 87. My mother heard me trashing that fucking movie when we recorded it. So what's the first thing that she did? She watched it. (laughs) Awesome. (laughs) And she's like, oh my god, this is horrible. And I'm like, you heard me talk about how bad it was. (laughs)
0: Good. (laughs) I think everyone should have to watch that because you should know how low it can really go.
3: No, don't, (laughs) because you know what? That should qualify as child abuse.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Your punishment Bates Motel
2: 87 on repeat. No. Bates Motel 87. But speaking of Bates Motel, I got to say, I got a fan theory that'll probably make everyone angry. Bates Motel? The uh, modern series is a sequel to Psycho 4. <laughs> okay, just, he, just hear me out. Just hear me out. Okay, okay, okay. okay. So, uh, Norman Bates in that movie, in that show, is the son of the Anthony Perkins Norman Bates. Now, where does Nora Bates come from? Well, the woman who he's married to goes crazy and thinks she is Norma and changes her name. Boom, there you go. It could work. You know what I think? <laughs> I think you're drunk. <laughs> <know> that.
0: <laughs> so overall, uh, on the Psycho series, I, I, I definitely recommend the, well, not 87, Faith Motel, but the first four Psycho movies. Maybe the remake, if you're morbidly curious on watching the same movie again, but really don't bother. But if you want to, I'm not going to stop you. <laughs> And uh, the TV show, which we'll get into later on. But for now, I think uh, for being uh, you know Alfred Hitchcock psycho in three sequels, second one is like near per- is practically perfect just as goes as the first movie. The third one is so batshit insane that you're either gonna love it for being batshit insane or you're just gonna be like, nope, too weird for me. So you know, you know it's up to you on that one. And then uh, Psycho 4. It does a pretty good job of trying to honor the original in telling the origin story, but it ain't no Psycho 2, but it's still good. It's just not great. Bam. Right?
3: As <sighs> for- well, what for do you me- think of the series?
2: Uh, as for me, you know, all the Psycho sequels were 100% unnecessary. Uh, There was no... I don't think anyone really even wanted a Psycho 2, 3, and especially 4, but I gotta say, you know, Psycho 4 is far better than you would possibly... When you hear Psycho 4, it's like, they made a fourth one? And you automatically assume it's gonna be something that's pretty crap, but in all reality, it's surprisingly good. Uh, Psycho 4 suffers from an early 90s problem. Each Psycho movie outside of the first one suffers from the problems of whatever decade they come in. And Psycho 4 suffers from the early 90s problem of it's more serious, but it still has some incongruous, cheesy moments. Sort of like, you know, Batman is completely different from Psycho, but it's a good example. You compare like Batman Returns. It's a really dark movie, but it has a lot of really incongruously goofy moments to it as well. In the end, the Psycho series actually works better than you'd think. Uh, Compared to other more well-known horror franchises, it actually was able to take a fairly basic concept of a Psycho, and they were somehow able to spread it out to four movies without it becoming either repetitive or utter crap. Well,
0: you always say that, like they shouldn't make horror sequels in general. So, I don't know. Would you say that at least uh, this is better than I guess what you would assume most horror sequels would be? Because I think there, there's at least a spark of creativity in 2, 3, and 4.
2: There is, but that's what I was saying. Like, It's better than your average horror sequel. Right. This is better than your average horror franchise. Uh, they did the very best they could do. and I, it, it, For such a simple, one-and-done concept.
0: Well, yeah, most of the credit has to go to Anthony Perkins who acts the shit out of Norm Bates.
2: That's true. Uh, even, the stories are of adequate quality as well. I think if the stories were... Uh, an actor cannot carry a film on their own. You can have the best actor in the world, but the shittest movie in the world, and it wouldn't make a difference, so... It seems that the people who actually were behind the Psycho sequels actually cared enough to hire real writers and real directors, and these are actually real films. I guess the best thing to compare is, compare Psycho 4 to Halloween 4, uh, Friday the 13th 4, and uh, Nightmare on Elm Street 4. Compare that to those films, and you'll see that it's not even in the same category.
0: <laughs> I was going to say, you're asking the tough questions because I really like Friday 13th Part 4, Night 0 Tree 4 and Halloween uh, 4s. Is... Right. But yeah, I get what you're saying. Halloween <laughs> 4 was a piece of fucking
3: dog shit.
0: <laughs> there was another 4 you said. But uh, I get what you're saying, lots. It's hard to... The more sequels you write, the more difficult it is to keep up some level of consistency and quality. Of course. That's why usually when they do a bunch of horror sequels, they end up going into comedy or something like that, you know.
2: Exactly, and they didn't actually do that with uh, this particular franchise. I think the biggest thing to point out, though, the most important thing to point out is that they didn't just keep making the same movie over and over again. Right. And Psycho is such a simple concept of, you got a Psycho, and he does Psycho things. And... The fact that they were able to keep that going and not have it become a comedy or a farce, uh, it's pretty impressive all
0: around, really. Uh, one last point I want to make before I get to Wolfman. Um, uh, Norman Bates in the first movie, I would not say is sympathetic at all. He's just a loony guy in the back, you know, and then at the end you're shocked that he's dressing as his mother kind of thing. You don't really feel, feel anything much, you know, not really. So then the second one, you get a chance, because he's able to grow as a character, and you're able to understand more of the personality problem he had in 22 years, you're able to connect with him more, and then going into Psycho 3, he's still able to be sympathetic, even though he's kind of slashing people, He's battling his inner demon in his head, you know, and then Psycho 4, so that's an interesting thing that the sequels were able to do, Um, and I think that's partly why they were so fascinating to watch, because of the fact that they were smart enough to able to explore it and just not like, oh, motel's open again. Slash, slash, you know. Originally, it would have been a copycat kill or something, anyways. So I'm glad they didn't go that angle. But, Wolfman.
3: Uh, Psycho as a series, it's definitely one of the more well done. I mean, it, it, when it comes to horror movies, especially horror movies of these types. Psycho has always been like kind of like that cleaner version of things when it comes to, you know, like horror tropes like sex, violence, and stuff. Psycho's always been like more of a cerebral type of horror as opposed to a visual type of horror or, or an auditory type of horror. Uh, where I think Psycho excels, it's just, it's, you know, is it's storytelling. And I agree with a shit ton of what you guys said. It's the fact that they were able to keep the consistency as sequels go and as it goes by it's going to get harder and harder and having to think up new things without going off the beaten path it's pretty damn good how they were able to keep things going um i'm not sure if i remember correctly i might have not recommended psycho 3 i went and i rewatched it again recently and i want to change it to that i would recommend it just because it was passable and and it's kind of got like a charm to it, and it has aged pretty well as far as horror movies from the 80s go. So, yeah, Psycho, one, if you have not seen the original, yeah, definitely go see it. It's, it, it, it's a masterpiece of horror and cinema in and of itself. The remake of Psycho, I still don't recommend it just because you've already seen it. What's the point of seeing it again? And Vince Vaughn just is not able to pull off Norman Bates the way that Anthony Perkins did. He made that role its own. I'd just like, just watch the clips on YouTube. <laughs> uh, just, just stay the fuck away from it. That by no too. Means.
0: Um, I'm um, relatively sure that you, had, you and Sam were pretty glowing on Psycho 3. Did I what? <laughs> I said you and Sam were... And and Will's me and so stuff. We were all kind of glowing
3: about Cut Psycho out, three. It. I said we were all uh, pretty much. I was glowing it. about. It. Yeah. So Psycho two, it, it's like as good of a sequel as you could possibly ask for. I mean, like you, you I, it's obviously not on par movie wise, but it's like Godfather one, and then Godfather two, in many ways was just as good, if not better. This is the same way with Psycho 2. It's just as good as the original, if not better. It was very, very faithful. I love the throwback to the originals with the camera angles and such. The story was so confident. And it, it, it was one of those very, very, very rare movies where you can go back, watch it, enjoy it just as much as you did the first time. And then when it's over, you could actually sit... And if you watched it with other people, you could debate so many things about the movie. Like, if nobody bothered fucking with Norman, would Norman have been fine? I'm of the impression that even if Lila Loomis and Mary Loomis left him alone like they should have, and, and um, uh, the you know, Emma Spool had started up her bullshit, he at the very least had Dr. Raymond to sort things out for him. I think Norman would have been fine. But it's but that's the beauty in it, is that there's so many people like, nope, he would have gotten back. No, I think Norman would have been fine. It, but it's just like that's the beauty of it, is that you can go back and 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 have debates about it. <laughs> debates. That's great. <laughs> Master debates. You know, but and then Psycho 3, I would recommend that because it's got a charm to it. and even though it's not as good as the originals, you could tell that they were having script problems because the story was so inconsistent with a lot of things and that it just seemed like they took a little bit from this draft and a little bit from that draft and then they melded it together. It's still good in, in, in quite a few ways. And then Psycho 4, it was a very well done story. And it's just if they, if they didn't hang on those moments that I had mentioned before, it would have been really, really good. It's just they had to ram it down your throat. Yeah, we got it. That being Norman shocking, Bates is fucked up. Being shocking for the it, sake it, of it, being shocking. But there's, there's a difference between shocking and genuinely uncomfortable. These things were not shocking to me. We, you know, icky. It's like the sympathy for Norman Bates had already been established. If you had watched the original movies, you would have already felt sorry for the poor bastard. Right. You really would have. So it's like they didn't have to drive this home. We already felt bad for Norman. And we already knew that Norma fucked him up. And we already knew that Norman did not have a good childhood. And that, you know, he was bound to turn into this because he was a product of his environment. It's just, they hung on it and they hung on it and they wouldn't let it go. And it's just, to me, I I recommend the movie, but scenes like that, you know, made it a good movie, not a great movie. (laughs) And as a series in and of itself, I, you know, I'd recommend sitting down and at least watching all four of these movies at least once. Because, I mean, mean, hell, you don't find storytelling that good anymore. You don't find characters that good anymore. And a big reason behind why it was so good is because the Anthony Perkins was that damn good of an actor. As far as the Bates Motel pilot thing goes, stay as far away from that as possible. Don't watch it. It was terrible. It was awful. It felt like a bad Tales from the Crypt episode. Oh, God. I, I, yeah. I don't even want to, the, the acting was horrible. The the, the story was terrible. It, it, it was shitty. And you could tell exactly what they were going for, that they wanted to make this a TV series. A family show. Friday the 13th the series. The, the, not even a family show they wanted to make it like how Friday the 13th the series was where in Friday the 13th the series it was an antique shop and each item in the in, in the antique shop has a story and you buy it you go home and it was like needful things the Stephen King book you know and mm. it's just oh come in you never know what's behind the door so it's like wait a minute so every single fucking room in that motel is haunted <sighs> You know, or, or some uh, shit like that. It's like, there will always be a room available. Get the fuck out of my face with that shit.
0: Just remember,
3: suicide ghost. <laughs> uh, that, that was terrible. When they were sitting there talking, I was born in so-and-so, and then I committed suicide in so-and-so. I, it was a room full of twelve people. I was expecting all twelve of them to give their date of birth and date of death. It was a, and I killed myself uh, and so. It's also, it's also
0: a fucked up message because when a lot of people are about to kill themselves, some of them want someone to just come in and stop in the last minute. So the fact that they create this, you know, fantasy that these ghosts will save you if you try to do it is just, it actually turns out to be more wrong than how positive they're trying to be with their little. Ghost prevention crap message. message. Ugh. ugh. Anyways, let's wrap this up. Yes. So yeah, I'd uh, check out the Psycho Legacy. Um, I think we've said throughout all these podcasts Everything we've done. We've yeah. It.
3: Um. So yeah, this was fun. Uh, I give the Psycho series five ripped-off shower curtains. (laughs) Five uh, stabs to... uh...
0: (laughs) Oh, man, to Marion (laughs) Crane. I give it four
3: thrown ashtrays. (laughs) (laughs) I give it... (laughs) I swear to God, that, that to me was the highlight of Psycho 3. Do you think I'm stupid, Duke? Even if I gave you money, you would still tell on Mother and no one must ever know what she's done! <laughs> Watch that guitar. Oh, wait, wait. the guitar! Wait, ra- the perfect rating. I give it ten. Watch the guitar.
0: <laughs> I give it ten. You'll burn in hell for this. Out of ten. I don't know. Ten Hail Mary? So. Ten what?
3: You'll burn in hell for this. The nun. I none. give it four. There is no gods. <laughs> oh my god. All right. Seriously, in spite of all that shit, please, anybody listening to this, go see Psycho. They're wonderful movies. Yeah, I don't.
0: I thought they were all entertaining, and I had a lot of fun re-watching them and discussing them with uh my buds uh this you know <laughs> that wraps up the uh psycho
3: legacy check them out yeah one other thing i'd like to add also is honestly everybody that's listened to this thank you for listening to us blather on about this shit i honestly hope that it, you know that you the listener had as much fun listening to us blab on about this as we did rewatching these movies.
0: Yeah, and uh I guess eventually we'll get to season by season of Bates Motel or something. Yeah. We'll figure out how to do that <laughs> later. <sighs> oh
1: with the horror of his deeds, His mother was still alive. He stole her corpse, preserved Bates. it by chemicals. He kept her alive by wearing her My clothes, speaking with her voice, thinking her thoughts. He became both Bates. mother and son. Norman a normal, Bates. healthy young Bates. man with regular interests and habits. Guy. My name a clinging, possessive woman and a homicidal maniac. When Norman encountered the girl he the Sexual instinct for her He wanted her. He desired her. This was too much for the other side of Norman's personality.